If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You may know Jackson Pollock, the painter famous for his iconic drip paintings. But what do you know about his wife, artist Lee Krasner? On Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock, the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting, just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. It's a numbers game with your host, Gil Alexander. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Hour number two of a numbers game at Visa, the sports betting network, Visa.com, the Visa app, Fubo, Sling A Plus, and of course, iHeartRadio. It is Gil Alexander. We want to welcome in a new affiliate uh, down in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Baton Rouge, Louisiana, uh, Louisiana WBRZ, ABC2, uh, Channel 2 down there. Uh, pleasure being down there. We uh, will do primetime action. Tonight as well on WBRZ, so twice a day, we are thrilled to be there uh, as our new affiliate at Baton Rouge, Louisiana, WBRZ, ABC, Channel 2. Thanks for joining us on the show this morning. Uh, Dan Besper still to come to talk NBA with us. Todd Wishnev, everybody. We always love visits from Toddy. And uh, we'll also hear uh, some DFS from Paul Spore. I have uh, baseball picks as well. Uh, we get tweets at Beating the Book. Always uh, appreciate all the feedback. Uh, Brock Landers, who we always love to uh, hear from through the years. Brock is awesome. When was the last time the Marlins were a minus 200 favorite? Josh Days? Josh uh, Jose Days, rather? Josh Johnson? Talking about Jose Fernandez, the late Jose Fernandez, and, the, and Josh Johnson, who had his heyday. Uh, I guess they're not quite minus 200 anymore. But they are flirting with it, are the Marlins. Uh, what are they right now? About minus 184? Man. <laughs> minus 200 in some spots, though, I'm sure. Um, man, getting other tweets about that. Man, Josh Johnson, if that dude could have ever stayed healthy. Uh, again, all these tweets had beating the book. A lot of response to the Zidancic plus 244 win this morning over Bedosa, which, once again, let me just say in advance, which we said at the beginning of the uh, show, 
Uh, we had two awful, awful, awful days at the beginning of the French Open. It was a spectacular clay season. Then we had two awful days betting, and that's kind of defined our French Open. And ever since then, we've just sort of been spinning our wheels. But this was really just a lesson in sticking with the numbers, which I think is a broader betting point than any one particular match. Obviously, people get hyped over, you know, every time we hit. Remember, the week before I left, we hit five dogs of plus 250 or longer on this show in tennis. So the numbers really do come through for us more often than not. But this is one of these betting things where you just have to sort of say, yeah, I got crushed those first two days in this tennis tournament. But am I going to overreact to that or am I going to stay true to the numbers? And I think you stay true to the numbers. Philip Sullivan, Gil, Gil, you beautiful man, what a sweat. Talking about the Zidancic win. Jack Edwards, amazing match. My heart is still pounding. Love cashing plus 250 tickets. Thanks, Gil. You are welcome. Uh, oh, and great call on Zidancic plus 245. Took more plus in-game. Glad to see Bedosa gone. Go Ega, you're the man. Thanks. We still have Ega. So a whole bunch of tennis. I won't go through all of Mickey Morin, Dr. David Pfeiffer also, uh, Bill McNeil, uh, on and on with the tennis. So thank you. We also got this from uh, oh, Trip Tepper also reacting to the tennis, but also saying, given the remaining field in the women's draw, does it feel like Sakari is the biggest hurdle for Sviantek? Um They're all hurdles. And on any given day, I mean, even 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 Sviatek's win yesterday in straight sets over Kostyuk was a sweat. I mean, Kostyuk really played her well. Kostyuk hadn't lost a set in the tournament to date either, but it's now 22 in a row for Iga. So is she the biggest hurdle? Talking about uh, Sakari, I don't know. I mean, there's there's other players with numbers. Like I said, Zidancic has numbers. Um, some people think Coco Goff is the one that would be the biggest hurdle at this point. I don't know who I would call at this point with everybody else gone, basically Barty, Ashbody, Sabalenka, and Badosa now. I don't know that I can really parse out who the biggest single threat is because most of the threats are no longer there. Any given day, though, anything's possible. A metal frog. Medvedev and Stefanos have beef going back a couple years. Daniil will be up for the match. I hope so. I have Medvedev later today. Uh, Bill McNeil, hey, Gil, in my next lifetime, I want to come back as Drew Dinsick. <laughs> just because Drew seems to just have life beat over there in Long Beach, California. The hot stove, uh, and I think he's talking to Drew more than he is to me, says the key flaw to your explanation is, quote, the Suns talking about uh, Thibodeau getting coach of the year. So I guess he's reacting to Drew being upset about it. He said the key flaw to your explanation is the Suns, quote, the Suns are playing up to their expectations. I'll quote, Knicks had zero expectations and far surpassed anything anyone thought they could do. As I said, hot stove, they were the team that exceeded their season win total by the most. And good on them. Uh, I had the over at Hello Wager. I think the Angels manager lawsuit has to be a factor to baseball buckling down on all this. If they didn't, it helps him and others. Talking about uh, Garrett Cole and others possibly win suits, uh, I would assume. Oh, no, no, talking about the Angels clubhouse guy winning suits, uh, I would assume. So reacting to my discussion with Mark Borchard about uh, the SI piece and all of the doctoring uh, of baseballs taking place this year. But I think Borchard's point was the best from a handicapping standpoint. What if they crack down for real and therefore make sort of all the stats earlier this season polluted? and perhaps stats from before the season. Skill Alexander, it's a numbers game at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network, VEASAN.com, the VEASAN app, Fubo, Sling, Game Plus, iHeartRadio. And again, welcome into uh, WBRZ Channel 2 in Baton Rouge. Let's bring him in from the Fantasy NBA Today podcast to talk NBA playoffs. Ladies and gentlemen, he's also the assistant GM. That's his title at hoop-ball.com, the best audio in the business, Dan Bespers. How you doing, Dano? 
Good morning, Gil. We uh, we had a technical snafu. It it uh, Skype no. called my phone this morning, and we almost didn't have the good microphone. That's unacceptable. Unacceptable. That's what I said. Yes. Glad <laughs> we have you on the good audio, uh, Dano. I mean, where do we stand here? Let's talk about these games last night. I talked to Drew earlier about these, but I want to get your perspective because we don't get to talk to you as much. So Brooklyn crushes Milwaukee last night. And there was this very, I called it on primetime action last night, which I do with uh, Matt Brown, Daniel Avari, and Kelly Bidlin. I called it adorable steam on the Bucks last night before this game, which made zero sense for so many reasons. One, the Nets are still even up a game. They would be the prohibited, you know, even if you took out Harden, they would still be the favorite in the series, but yet the money moved to the Bucks side yesterday. And that made no sense before the game. And that's just like we didn't – it's not as if we didn't have a massive swath of, of evidence to show that they could still perform without him this year as well. So I, I don't know what that was about. But at this point, what would be the price you would need on the Bucks to play them on a series down two to nothing? Uh, probably more than you're getting. Um, Plus 375, I, way more. Yeah. Uh, although I, I guess this is your moment if you want to. You know, the series shifting back to Milwaukee. This is the hope that they could get something figured out. There's also this sinking feeling that this is this is what happens to uh, Coach Bud teams in the playoffs. Yes. They ultimately get out game planned by someone. They had a whole season to figure out how to beat the Miami Heat, and they did. Kudos to them. They they got their they got their one guy from the bubble. Uh, I, I have to admit, I I did not think it was going to be that lopsided. I figured you'd have some close ball games. The regular season, the Bucks played them really well, and they just had nothing through these first two games. They can't defend. They can't score. But of course, there's this thing about the NBA where when you see a ball game like that, there there is a tendency to overreact a little bit. So I, I do think the Bucks at least get back into it a little bit. But the series price, now you're you're talking about this team now against this opponent winning four out of six ball games. That right. Would, four out of five, excuse me. Because uh, they, they obviously can't go six more. Right. They four lose. out of five, the, right. The uh, That's that's a tall order. And I think this it sort of brings up the uh, a nice topic, which is using series prices if you don't like the individual game prices or flipping it and using game prices if you don't like the series price. And so it, that's an excellent point. And so given that backdrop, this is not a series price you like on the Bucks, but you you might take a flyer on them here in game three, which isn't until Thursday, by the way. Milwaukee, a three-and-a-half or four-point home favorite in that game. Yeah, we're back to having multiple days off between playoff games, yeah. which is pretty much the one thing that I loved about the bubble. Well, you know what? I actually like that the games are happening all day in the bubble also. I can't. I kind of miss waking up starting my day. That was awesome. Yes. Yeah, that having was a great. Cup, cup of OJ and just flipping on the first playoff game. Uh, yeah, so they're off for a long time here. I, I'm I'm gonna say that they have one adjustment in the tank. I have to believe it. I I just I can't I can't get it through my head that they could possibly be this terrible in playoff adjustments. And I'll probably learn to uh, I don't know. I'll I'll beware that one. But uh, I do think Milwaukee gets one of these games at home. I, I can't imagine they're anywhere near as terrible as they was in the last, as they were in the last one. So I've, and I've, if they're going to get either of them, it's probably this one. So I have I have two reactions. One, I think the coach Bud thing is real. Like you know, last night on primetime, I said he probably should get a real estate agent. That was one thing I said. And the, the other one is I'm super sensitive to exactly what you said, which is you never want to overreact off of one game. 
which we'll get to with Atlanta and Philly, and we'll get to, you know, in other series, Denver Phoenix, perhaps, here momentarily. But in this one, I don't really think there's an overreaction, man. I just think the Bucks are exactly who we thought they are ultimately when, you know, they'd face any kind of stiff competition. And I think the Nets are kind of as interesting as the NBA has gotten on the one hand with the Phoenixes and the Utahs of the world bubbling up. I just think the Nets are out there and, you know, it's all kind of cute underneath them with the exception of possibly the Clippers. So I, I don't know if it's an overreaction, but you're probably right. If there is a game to play, and we don't know if Harden's playing not, you know, yet or not. If there is a game, maybe the Bucks in game three, but I'll tell you this, I'm not getting in front of the Nets, you know. Man, the Bucks are laying four in that yeah. one. That seemed like too much. I was hoping that, I was hoping I'd flip, turn the page and be like, oh, Bucks at even odds or something. No, no, they still got to cover a couple of possessions, so probably leaving it alone. All right, so let's talk about possible overreaction to the, to the other game last night, which was Denver at Phoenix, and that was a very tight game for almost three quarters, but late in the third quarter, the Suns just went off. Like, if you turned on the game at that moment, you'd have been like, oh, my God, Nuggets, what do you mean the Nuggets were up 10? Like, before you knew it, the Suns were crushing them, and then once they got up, it was the Chris Paul show who could seemingly do anything he wants to, just gets, gets just enough sense separation for the short range jumper it's just unstoppable bridges was great booker didn't even have to go off last night uh, so there was a it was a full you know and, and ayton really the key to this series seems to be if deandre ayton can sort of you know wash stats with Jokic, this thing is over on arrival suns yeah, win it by 17 wash, it's a it's a beat down if it's a wash there yeah. I, I would assume that Jokic outplays him in most remaining ball games. Although I, I would also argue that guys like Jermichael Green, Aaron Gordon, Facundo Campazzo, those guys probably don't play as well in future games of right. this series. So I, I, I do think that this is a relatively lopsided series. The Nuggets are what they did in the first round. I'm very impressed with. I thought Portland was going to beat them. I figured it was going to be tight, but I thought Portland would get through just because of a talent gap. Uh, but Denver's finding a way to fight. I just think this opponent is too good for them. Phoenix plays defense. Portland doesn't. Life is easy when you go against a team who doesn't defend you at all. And Phoenix does. So there are going to be these moments. I think there's going to be a lot of games in this series where the teams play tight because Denver is very effective offensively in the half court, mostly because of Nikola Jokic. But there will be those moments where either he's off the floor or, heaven forbid, like last night, he misses a couple of shots. That's where Phoenix gets their opening and I don't think it was that fluky the way it kind of shook out yesterday in that you have those brief stints where the better team that gets the better looks throughout the ballgame that suddenly creates that little separation over time. It doesn't always sort of work out in a moment. I will say going into game two, I would expect the Nuggets to get more than six free throws. So you can look at kind of these weird little handicap things. It's more I don't call it remedial handicapping. But it's, it's the simplistic stuff where you can say, okay, well, these things are probably going to level off a little bit. But I don't see the Nuggets coming back in the series. Uh, and I, I do think, actually, Phoenix probably wins game two as well. Phoenix, a six-point favorite once again. Game two tomorrow night from Arizona. All right, and then there's the two games tonight, Dan. We're talking to Dan Bespris from the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. You can follow him on Twitter, by the way, at Dan Bespris, B-E-S-B-R-I-S. I referred to you as Dan Beebe earlier, Dano. Just want you to know that. <laughs> good old days, the, huh? Oh, the good old days. Uh, okay, so doubleheader tonight, Atlanta at Philly, 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific tonight. Philly, once again, just like they were in game one, a six-point favorite. 
Atlanta famously winning game one after leading by, at the half by 20 and then just, you know, surviving a unbelievable press from the Sixers. I don't know if it was unbelievable so much as it was the Hawks just had no answer for it, but they got a, a key Bogdanovich three. They got a clear path foul and like a, an amazing trapped three-quarter of the court pass from Werder to just survive that onslaught. So as you go to game two, this, you know, last night I, I said uh, the, the pick I gave out was I just gave out a Phoenix-Philadelphia, you know, yesterday and today, two-leg money line parlay because I figured Phoenix would win. And the Sixers just, would to me, seem like they would bounce back here. You as well? Yeah, as well. I, that's actually a really nice I, – I, I didn't know you gave that out, but that's a wonderful way to sort of uh, – you, you take out the, the, the grossness of the minus six. You, you remove that one part of this equation that's a little bit – I think the thing that's giving me trepidation – and this was going to be my example, Gil, of when you might look actually at a series price ah, instead of an individual yes. game price because the minus 260 on the money line, the uh, minus six if you're, if you're taking the spread on the Sixers, the 260 is too expensive. The six is questionable. You, I mean, who knows? Like anything can happen. It's, they might be up seven or eight and the Hawks get a three pointer at the end. The end of basketball games is such a coin flip that unless you think they're really going to blow them out, six is a lot to lay. So what you did was also really good. You pair it up with another reasonably sized money line to sort of eliminate that price. And then I would suggest another possibility if you wanted to go that direction is the series price. I think Philly is like minus 130, minus 135 on the series right now. If you think they have begun to figure things out defensively in particular, because I think they're going to be able to score against the Hawks. Uh, so the, I, maybe you have a, a couple of options there, but on from a one game standpoint, the six is probably too much for me to lay. I think Philly wins this ball game like you do. And I feel pretty confident about that, but you know, covering two, three, four possessions that's a very different story. So if, if you like Philly a lot, if you think they win this one and they're turning the corner, you have a decent price on the series right now. Yeah, I mean, I, again, I think the two best picks given on this show so far today, uh, Mark Borchard gave out the Astros, AL West minus 120, uh, which I think is great. I think he gave it away when I, I think he gave that out when I was on vacation too. It's still there at that number. And I do think the Sixers here minus 130 because I think Doc Rivers will figure out Danny Green is not the right guy to put on Trey Young, for goodness sakes. He'd figure that out in the second half on Sunday. Um, let me just ask this before we get to the final game. If, you know, I was saying this earlier with uh, Drew Dinsick, I was like, okay, if Giannis and the Bucks just get rolled in this series against Brooklyn. Let's say they lose in a gentleman's sweep four games to one. And, you know, how are you going to feel about Giannis as just sort of a player in, in, you know, as a contender for an NBA title, truly? And I would say the same thing here. If the Hawks end up winning this series, how do you feel about Embiid and the Sixers? Like, who would you feel worse about at this point? I guess you would have to feel worse about Embiid and the Sixers if they got beat by the Hawks here. Yeah, that's that's a tough question though. <laughs> yeah. Who do you feel worse? It's about? a toss up for sure. I think it might actually it might be the Bucks for me. I, I just I feel like that team they they've they've thrown all of their capital into surrounding Giannis with these pieces that they they hoped would make sense. Philly is kind of in year one of fixing the mismatched pieces, bringing in shooters around Embiid and Simmons. So there's more they can do. I, I actually would feel worse about the Bucks because this is their this is supposed to be their avenue, their opportunity. They're, yeah. they're spending the roof right now. And I don't know, to me, and I think with Embiid, there's always going to be that, can he 
can he be healthy enough to to be the factor he needs to be? So there's that element, which I'm kind of trying to separate in my mind. That's that's something I am very worried about. But from a can they ever get over the hump? For me, it's it's absolutely the Milwaukee side that I'm more concerned about. So I don't think we've really seen the Sixers at full tilt in a playoff series, and I don't know if they even are right now. Yeah, no, I think that's I think your answer is correct, which is the short term. It's wor- it looks worse because they lost to the Hawks as opposed to the Bucks losing to the Nets, right? But the bigger picture, you feel worse about the Bucks because yeah, they've thrown. That's right, they've really gone all in. Whereas the Sixers, I still feel that I still feel like that. Illy, what was the uh, the 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 team? With, oh, the uh, Redick Ilyasova the year. The Ilyasova Redick, and who was uh, uh, Berrettini? Marco not, Bellinelli. Bellinelli. I'm, Bellinelli? Thinking, I'm thinking tennis on Berrettini, but Marco Bellinelli, exactly. That team, to me, was still more fun than this team. You know, Yeah, the they Sixers. went on that, whatever it was, like a 14-1 and run or something going into the playoffs, right? And then Embiid, someone got, was Embiid that got hurt at the beginning of their playoff run that year? I think so. That, that was the Kawhi shot, the Kawhi shot that somehow... You know, drip, was that the one where Kawhi hit that the, the game winner in Game Seven, which we could have done last year? I I couldn't tell you the difference between 2014 and 2019 right now. My brain is completely fried from from this last year. Yeah, no, that that Sixers team was was fun, I, more fun than this one. I, so I think you're right. I think you'd feel worse about the Bucks ultimately. And then of course tonight the the nightcap Clippers at Utah. We don't want to let you go before you talk about this which is a fascinating series. The number one seed, Utah Jazz, four-point favorites in game one. The Clippers, who were the only team to get through after a seven-game series, the Mavs took them to seven, and famously, uh, Clippers were down three to two before Kawhi said, oh, I forgot I'm Kawhi Leonard, and I'm about to take this over, uh, despite Luka Doncic's heroics. But the Clippers played themselves into this seed down, you know, in that final weekend of the season. They played it exactly how they wanted to. They ended up with the Mavericks, almost came back to nip them in the butt, but they got through it. And now they, if you feel like what they did at the end of the season almost has them positioned perfectly, how do you feel about this game or this series? Uh, I think they win the series. I think they lose this game. That's where I'm at with this one. Hmm. I, uh, I think there's going to be a little bit of a fatigue element on the Clippers side that they they had to pour a whole heck of a lot into that first round series and after they tanked their way uh, away from the battered and bruised Lakers. I feel, I feel like they probably regretted that decision. Uh, Utah's pretty good. I, I, they didn't really get tested the way that the Clippers did in that first round. And that's the I guess that's the one thing that gave me pause on this first game where you sort of one team dramatically ratchets up the level of competition and the other one only slightly ratchets up the level of competition. But I think Utah wins this first one, I think mostly just because they've had more time to prep and rest. Uh, But I do think the Clippers ultimately win this series just uh, for the same kind of reasons. I think we all thought the Clippers would beat Dallas, which is at some point having the best player on the floor should be the difference maker in a playoff set. Exactly what Drew Densick said earlier. We have uh, simpatico opinions here on the show. We never know what people are going to say beforehand. It's exactly what he said. He likes. He I wasn't that, listening, by the way. I know just, you weren't. So nobody thinks it was. Yeah. You know, he he said he called speedy. this a scheduled loss in Game One for the Clippers. I love that term, a scheduled loss, but that the Clippers would prevail ultimately. Clippers plus one fifteen, by the way, on the series price, courtesy of BetMGM. Dano, appreciate you think it. You're going to lose. Wait one more day and then take them tomorrow. That's right. That's exactly right. Um, Dan Bespris, everybody. At Dan Bespris, B-E-S-B-R-I-S on Twitter. Hoop-ball.com. And, of course, the Fantasy NBA Today podcast where all podcasts are distributed. Dano, always love hearing you with the best audio in the business. Thank you, sir.
Thank you, Gil. I had 15 minutes of child care, and I used it wisely. <laughs> and his toddler with him the whole time. The whole time. Those kids are going to be affected. We'll come back. I got baseball picks. And Todd Wishnev will join us. So will Paul Sports, a numbers game at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. On a summer night in Paris, American artist Lee Krasner is drifting off to sleep when the phone rings. On the line, news that her husband, Jackson, is dead. Jackson, as in the painter Jackson Pollock. He might, to this day, be the most mythologized figure in American art. But how much of the story that we've been told about him is just that, a myth? On Death of an Artist, season two, Krasner and Pollock, the story about how the art world changed forever and the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting. Just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts.
Welcome back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander. Back on A Numbers Game right here at Visa, the Sports Betting Network, uh, live from the South Point. Uh, we get tweets, by the way, Johnny Ringo, kind enough to clarify, because we're trying to figure out, was the bellinelli Ilyasova year... The Redick year with the Sixers, was that the year where Kawhi hit the shot in Game 7? No, it was not. The Kawhi Game 7 shot, thank you, Johnny Ringo, was the Jimmy Butler year with the Sixers where Kawhi hit that Game 7 jumper, which we did like a whole segment on, how the ball seemed to change trajectory in midair and then bounced off the rim not once, not twice, not three, but four times before going in to sink the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. Thank you for that, Johnny. All right, I got baseball picks. Now, we have been very... Here's the thing. We have really kept it tight in baseball this year. So as much as we bet tennis on this show, and we do bet tennis a lot, baseball, 23 total preflop picks on this show all year for me. Uh, 14 and 9 for plus 4.37 units. That's by design. Like, it's just been a very strange baseball season. And, and one of your sort of tasks as a, as a sports better is to, again, the, the biggest advantage sports books have is they're going to post up everything. Your biggest advantage, biggest advantage we have as betters, I should say, is that we get to choose. Their biggest disadvantage is that they have to post up everything. So for me, it has been by design to just pick and choose spots on baseball. You don't want to go too crazy on this stuff because it is a very peculiar, run-muted environment. You have to take it all into consideration. I do have two picks today, though, that I wanted to add. One is uh, we're on a dog. We are on the, we, I am on the, I don't know why you go into a we mode at that point. Uh, I'm on the Atlanta Braves, plus 145. And they are at Philly, and it is a, you know, it's a matchup between Smiley, the lefty, and Nola uh, for the Philadelphia Phillies. Atlanta and Philadelphia, pretty much the exact same team, this, you know, 58, 59 games, pardon me, 57, 58 games, respectively, into the season. And the Braves with Smiley, Drew Smiley has been, if you look at his stats, he has been awful this year. Um, really has been. Five point, you know, his 5.98 ERA is backed up in a bad way by a 6.29 FIP. Now, his XFIP is a little better than that, 4.74. And again, for those who aren't into advanced stats, the nice thing about FIP and XFIP is they, they conform nicely to what you know about ERA, which is to say if you're three or better, you're awesome. If you're, you know, four, you're middling. If you're five or above, you're not so good at baseball. So with Drew Smiley, I'm not going to sit here and say the pitcher I'm backing is awesome, but he's not as bad as his underlying skill set stats really indicate. By the way, you know, it's, it's a low K rate of 21.7. The walk rate is 7.8%. Those are meh. They're not horrific. So at plus 145, now, by the way, Aaron Nola, uh, nothing bad to say about Aaron Nola at all, really, quite frankly. But I just think with Drew Smiley, there is some regression that is that is definitely in the offing. Whether that happens today or not, we shall see. But a 262 BABIP ought to get higher. A 63.9% strand rate ought to get bigger. And certainly that 22.10% XFIP, which is why is, uh, pardon me, uh, a home run to fly ball rate, 22.2% rate, that's going to go down. And that's why his XFIP is a little better than the ERA. So I'm going to take, based on the price, I'm going to take the Braves because I don't think they ought to be a plus 145 dog in this. So the Braves are pick number one. Pick number two is a first five under between the Blue Jays and the White Sox. First five under four, Blue Jays and the White Sox. And whenever we give a pick, we always like to give the reasons why. And this is really a 
a matchup between two pitchers who have really gotten it done. Most people will know that Carlos Rodon has gotten it done for the White Sox. He, one of the authors of a no-hitter this year in Major League Baseball. But really, his stats just across the board have been spectacular. 1.98 ERA. The the fielding independent and the XFIV, not much worse. 2.63 and 2.67, respectively. Um, but he's really been just a, an amazing pitcher. A, a, a K rate north of of 30%, 32% as a matter of fact. He's been spectacular. So, and, and the walks have been muted. So everybody knows about his side of things. Robbie Ray has been the revelation, though. Robbie Ray, uh, also, not a great, not great numbers in terms of his fielding independent, but his XFIP is 3.36 because, again, he's gotten the worst of it with homers. But a 29% K rate and a 6.3% walk rate, those might not be Rodon numbers, which are 37.2%. Pardon me, K rate. I shortchanged him in a 6% walk rate. But they're up there. They are very credible. So I'm going to give the under first five, four runs with the Blue Jays and the White Sox, plus 100, by the way, on that as pick number two. So Braves full game. Plus 144, going to have to kind of swallow hard on Smiley there, but I think the number is out of whack. And then the under on the Blue Jays-White Sox. Just our 24th and 25th preflop picks of the Major League Baseball season. We'll talk to Paul Spore a little later on. Not only does he have baseball thoughts, but he will have your DFS uh, recommendations for the day. Always doing recommendations on Daily Fantasy. We'll do that. Todd Wishnev in between. Toddy next. His thoughts from his mother's attic in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Cork Attic. Next on the Numbers Game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. to a numbers game with Gil Alexander. If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VEASAN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all our shows, including Follow the Money and Numbers Game, My Guys in the Desert, and Lombardi Line with VEASAN Best Bets. Then download Beating the Book with me, Gil Alexander, or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers with JVT, Long Shots with Brady and Wes, Gone Racing, and the Ron Flatter Racing Pod. They're all free and available now at VEASAN.com slash podcast wherever you get your podcasts that's vcin.com slash podcast see when i uh, slow down every time i say the ron flatter racing pod I have to say it that way the ron flatter racing pod uh, it's gil alexander everybody thank you for uh joining in today ladies and gentlemen by popular demand from his mom's cork attic somewhere in pittsburgh pennsylvania it's todd Wishdev. how you doing toddy Hey, Gil, I'm in a surly mood this morning. Uh, as I told you last time I was on, you've got to play the dogs in the NHL playoffs. And last night was a beautiful opportunity to get plus 175 with the Islanders. I'm sitting there about to click plus 175 with the Islanders, but I talk myself out of it and oh. instead wait for the game to start and then in-game bet the unders, turning a plus 175 winner into a loser. Great job by me. Way to listen to my own advice. What a dumbo. But you know what? That is such a great thing to say out loud because anybody who tells you they haven't been there either hasn't been doing this long enough or they're lying. 
And we've all been there where you like, I know I got this play. I got to do it. We don't do it. And then you right, you double down on your, on your mistake and do something even worse. Uh, Islanders beat the uh, Bruins last night. They hold on for a five to four win. They were up five to two. They win at five to four as plus 170 dogs take a three to two lead in that best of seven series. Uh, the other game, by the way, last night, which has nothing to do with what you're talking about, but just to be thorough, Montreal ends up sweeping Winnipeg. Montreal has now gone. What is it? 400. I want to get this right. 434 consecutive minutes without being in this postseason, without being down. And the all-time record is 480 consecutive minutes from the 1960 Montreal Canadiens. So just another point about that. But that's such a great. I actually won won that one last night because Montreal's defense has been incredible. You can't even get a shot on their goalie. And it was 2-2 at the end of two. I waited the first two, three minutes in the third period and got under six. And and I figured, you know. Nice. It's probably going to land 4-2 or it goes to overtime. I am told if you do not trail, you cannot lose, Todd Wishnev. I am told this. I'm pretty sure yes. that's correct. I'm pretty sure that is correct. So you are, I didn't know that you were betting, because I know you have the theory. Well, call, John Rom. John Rom lost. Did, did he? Was he trailing ever? <laughs> that's true. That's a good point. <laughs> there is always an exception. Um, so you came on before, sometime before the postseason, both NBA and NHL, and you did say to us, and you've said this before, that's how you bet the NHL playoffs. Whereas random, that's the thing. The randomness of the hockey playoffs, and we've said this many before, stats by Lopez, for the for the percentage of favorites to get through the NHL playoffs that do so in the NBA playoffs, you would have to play best of 51s in hockey for that to manifest. So it is by it is so random. And your betting response to that is to say, dogs are nothing, and then you didn't even take your own advice. So... Yeah. Right, and the question will be, will I take my own advice tonight? And I think I will. I, Vegas, to me, has been the superior team since halfway through the first, the second game of this Colorado series. Of course, I did have Vegas plus 170 in game one, where they didn't even show up at all. But, um, you know, the last two and a half games, they've been amazing. And you're getting, what, plus 135, plus 140, something like that today, mm-hmm. or plus 130. To me, it's it's at worst, it's it's a coin flip, at worst. And at best, you may have the better team. So if you're going to get 30 cents of value, I'll take it. You know, I don't care about this home ice nonsense. I cannot dispute the reasoning. I really cannot. Baseball today, strange three. What did you do? There was only three games in baseball yesterday. Do you have a withdrawal? Uh, no, I mean, I can take a you know day off on baseball every once in a while. I mean, I, I've had some vicious, vicious beats. I mean, I had a, a glorious first 10 days of baseball, and it's been just vicious beat after vicious beat. I, that Charlie Montoya is my new most hated manager of all time. When he blew, it was 4 nothing in the bottom of the sixth, which was really the bottom of the eighth because it was a seven-inning game. It was one of the day yeah, game two of the doubleheader against Cleveland. They're up 4 nothing in the bottom of the eighth with Mats on the mound. He's just coasting along. Fine. He blows the lead 4-4. They go ahead 5-4 in the top of the seventh. And the bottom of the seventh, which is the bottom of the ninth, they bring in Taylor Tyler Chatwood. Oh. Tyler Chatwood, who has a history of walking people. Gil, you know it. I know it. Anybody who knows anything about baseball knows that Chatwood's got stuff, but he walks people. Well, guess how many walks Mr. Montoya thought it was okay for Mr. Chatwood to have after the first out. He gets the first out in the bottom of the ninth, which is the bottom of the seventh. And then he walks four consecutive. I was going to guess three, but <laughs> four, even worse. 
Jeez. And they blow they blow a four nothing lead in the bottom of what is really the bottom of the eighth, and then a five four lead in what is the bottom of the ninth. But fine, you lose, but don't lose like that. Four walks in a row. That, okay, but, two walks is one thing. So that's the thing we don't talk enough about with baseball handicapping, right? These guys are managing a 162-game schedule, and our bets are on one game. And especially in your case, these guys are managing a doubleheader, right? They're managing a a two-game, seven-inning doubleheader. And so their motivations are not aligned with our bet oftentimes, and that's a perfect example of it. And that's fair enough. And fine. Okay, so he had bullpen concerns. But he did take him out after four walks. Then fine, leave him him in for eight walks in a row. I don't care. And if that's the concern, then then just keep leaving him in because he did bring in another guy who actually got a sacrifice fly out and they lost the game like that. But it's just it it was so maddening. But you're right, you're right. There there is other concerns to the to the managers, but this was just you know, this was lunacy. You know, I mean, come on. That's why those, but that's why those double headers, man. And I know this is, I, I don't mean to pile on with it, but it really is a, a lesson in base, betting baseball preflop is hard enough these days. Betting double header baseball days is really an exercise in torture for just a reason like that. It's like, you're really going to do this, aren't you, Charlie Montoya? You're really going to let him pitch to another batter. Yep, you did. By the way, it wasn't just like walks on three and two and they fouled off a million. It was ball four. It was like four balls in a row. Then four more balls. It was incredible. Anything pre-flop today or are you just going to in-game? You know, I've been mostly doing in-game. I I was just looking at the the stuff here this morning before um, you guys called me. Drew Smiley. He's, you know, he's been better this year, but he's still not good. And and the Phillies have, if if um, I feel like when Segura's in the lineup, the Phillies lineup is really solid, especially against left-handed pitching. When Segura gives them length to the lineup, it really seems to do stuff. And yeah. I don't know, a team total in that game, maybe four and a half over, is about minus one twenty. I'm. I went with about- the I went with the Braves because I like the price at plus one forty-five, but uh, it it is not a all about Smiley. It's just that he's not as bad as most people think he is kind of thing. So plus 145 is, on a day. Yeah. Right. And I don't like, and I don't want to take Nola at minus 155. That's why I was talking about team total. Well, um, well you know. I know you were expecting to talk about NBA coach of the year, but we'll have to leave that till next time, Todd. Oh, I saw that and I was like, oh my gosh, it's huge news. Tim's <laughs> wins it in a, in a fair Oh, Goodbye. I wish them, everybody. Paul Spore next. He's taking his mom uh, out to her birthday lunch. He's kind enough to talk to us on the way. DFS picks next on a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, 
business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. On a summer night in Paris, American artist Lee Krasner is drifting off to sleep when the phone rings. On the line, news that her husband, Jackson, is dead. Jackson, as in the painter Jackson Pollock. He might, to this day, be the most mythologized figure in American art. But how much of the story that we've been told about him is just that, a myth? On Death of an Artist, season two, Krasner and Pollock, the story about how the art world changed forever. And the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting. Just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander. Turn a $1 wager on the Avalanche or Golden Knights tonight into $100 with BetMGM. If either team scores a goal, just use bonus code VEASAN100 when you sign up for the King of Sportsbooks and get ready for showtime. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com for more details. And make sure to use promo code VEASAN100. New customer offer paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia only. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. And 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. In Tennessee, call or text the red line at 800-889-9789. That's 800-889-9789. And in Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. I want to shout out uh, Todd Wishneff, who was just on with us. He looked spectacular. He looked great. Todd has lost close to 100 pounds. He's right around uh, 260-ish. Says he can't get through it, though, because even though he's playing tennis, he's he's eating too much. (laughs) So maybe he needs to work on that second part. But I understand. Believe me. Uh, He and I have a running bet. He's trying to get below my weight. So he's got a little ways to go. 
but I've just keeping that in mind. If he gets close, I got to keep resetting the line. Uh, so shout out to, to Todd, who looked great. This gentleman is taking his mother to her birthday lunch. Ladies and gentlemen from Fangraphs, at Spore, Paul Spore. How you doing, Paulie? I'm doing well, Gil. Great to speak with you. How are you? I'm good. Uh, thanks for thanks for hanging out with JVT. I know you guys had a good time while I was gone. And happy birthday to your mom. Of course. Thank you so much. I will pass the message along when I get there. Yes. I'm almost there. Please do. Paul from the Sleeper in the Bus podcast, Fangraphs. Of course, you can follow him on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Spore. How often are you uh, on Twitch these days, Paulie? Nightly? Uh, pretty much. It, it's at least five nights a week, and then uh, six and seven night weeks have been happening plenty. I uh, dialed it down a little bit. Didn't, didn't go last night. Kind of took the night to work because of today's day trip, but uh, I'll be live tonight. So if you're at twitch.tv slash sport, I'll be live around 7 o'clock Central. All right. Tell me how much first you hate my two baseball picks today. One, I am uh, I'm gulping on this one, but I'm going to go in on Drew Smiley at plus 145 at the Phillies. Oh, man. I actually uh, was listening to a podcast, uh, the Rotowire one, with Scott Jensen and Vlad Tether. They were talking about him. They're at odds about Drew Smiley. I, I tend to lean toward where, where Vlad is. He's a, he's a smiley guy, and I understand the interest in him because of his talent can be there. I don't like that Philly squad, so I don't hate this move. Where you're back in the better team at the very least, even though the pitcher – is going to give you some heartburn. Do you have the Pepto or the Tums handy just in case? Oh, I'm not watching. Don't get me wrong. I'm not sitting okay, there good, watching it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. you don't want to do that with a Drew Smiley starter because it can, it can just really go either way with him, and it can go so poorly that you don't want to watch those. Okay, so that's one. I'm okay with it. I don't love it. What's the other one? Okay, the other one is I'm going under first five. Robbie Ray, Carlos Rodon, under four runs, first five. Oh, I like that one. That one's interesting. Um, that is at Chicago, I believe. Yes, correct. Okay, so you know, either stadium's pretty nice to hear that. So uh, I understand that. But you're talking about two quality pitchers here, two quality lefties. The only downside would be that both teams have a decent number of right-handers. So the platoon is. I know the the Jays almost exclusively have right-handers. Yes. But it's Carlos Rodon who's pitched like one of the best. Ooh, we lost. We lost Pauly. You are podcasting today. Can you hear me, Gil? Yeah, we got you back. Go ahead. So, sorry, Gil. I thought I'd be in the. Oh, yeah. You know, with Rodon being great and Ray doing better, relationship with him dating back to our podcasting days where I haven't been a fan, but he's not walking as many guys. I like that one. I like that one way better than the smiley one. I think you can watch that one comfortably. <laughs> okay. I can actually turn that one on and live through it. Um, okay, uh, the other thing I asked earlier of Mark Borchard, who was another baseball uh, guest we had on the show today, was because I hadn't had a chance to talk to him in two weeks, hadn't had a chance to talk to you in the same amount of time. The Giants have the best record in baseball through roughly the 60-game mark. You know how I feel about that franchise. One-and-a-half game lead over the Padres, three over the Dodgers. 60 games in, again, it's not even halfway through, so, you know, it's just a heat check. Sustainable? Uh, to be ahead in this division, or what's the what's the most you'll give me here? Will they be in a playoff race till the very end? How about that? I really think they will, Gil. You compare it to the time with the uh, what was that two years ago? Was that Garner? Yeah, we lost Paulie. We'll try to we'll try to reconnect with Paul, but he seemed to like that one. 
and we did we'll, we'll reconnect with him on his uh, DFS plays. Do we have him still, or are we gonna we're gonna get back? Okay, we'll get back to Paul on that. Uh, Giants, by the way, for those wondering, um, right now again, not only with a one and a half game lead in the West over the Padres and a three game lead over the uh, the Dodgers in the West, best record in baseball uh, currently, win percentage wise, thirty seven and twenty two, thirty seven and twenty two uh, in the NL West. Next best record in the National League is, in fact, those very same Padres and Dodgers right behind them. Major league-wise, uh, closest record to that of the Giants, of course, is the Tampa Bay Rays, 38-23. to I believe JVT said he has a, a division play on the Rays at plus 275. Is that correct? Which is which I like almost as much as that play that Mark Borchard gave earlier on the Astros to win the to win the AL West, obviously not as sexy of a price, but the, the AL West one on the Astros at minus 120, that is awesome. The plus 275, you still got, you still got the Yankees to contend with, and the and the, you know, and the and the Rays, excuse me, and the Red Sox and the Jays still lurking out there. But that minus 120 on the uh, the Astros in the West is awesome. Paul Spore back with us from Fangraphs. I'm sorry, Paul, we lost you there, and you were saying about the Giants no just in closing on the Giants. Yes. Yeah, my, my sincere apologies about the connection here. I didn't think it would be so ratty. Um, I like the Giants here. I really do. I think they're much better than this last hurrah that they had where they couldn't really trade anybody because they were too close to contention. I think this team has staying power. The rotation depth is there, and the hitting has been really strong. The, the Longoria loss is tough, but I think they stick around all year. I think there's a move or two to make without decimating the farm system, which is very good as well. I think they stay in this for the bulk of the year. Uh, because I think there's a lot of viability. It's not just one or two guys going off for them. So I, I think you should be happy as a Giants fan, Gil. Now here's where here's where I get to way too far on this, and I know that I'm going way too far on this. We're only you know again 58 games into a season for the Giants, 60 for the Padres, 58 for the Dodgers. To win the NL West, the Dodgers are still the favorite, minus 225. Padres are plus 170. The Giants are 13 to one. So if you run this the rest of this year, simulation wise. You know, 13 different times, the market says they'll win it once. What price would you have to take for the Giants on a division right now? Oh, I think it still needs to be higher than that because I, I just think the, the attrition is they're not as equipped as either of those other two teams. I mean, I just saw a headline today San Diego heavily interested in Gallo, and we know the Texas San Diego trade relationship means that if they're interested in the guy, they're probably going to get him. So, I mean, and then the Dodgers, obviously they have endless supplies and they're going to be doing reinforcements too. And like I said, the Giants can make a move, but I don't think it can be as high impact. I got to be in at least the 20 marker, 21 or higher for me to really get in for the division. For playoffs, that's a different thing, but for division, it's got to be higher. Yeah, I agree. And I did see the Gallo note this morning, too, and I just shook my head. And, and, you know, just in my head as I'm (laughs) looking at this doing the show, I'm like, oh, that'll be fun. All right, DFS DFS today, full slate of baseball. Uh, Are we at Coors? We are not at Coors. By the way, the, the Marlins minus 184 favorites, Lopez. Man, the Marlins flirting with being a minus 200 favorite, which is amazing just from a historical standpoint. What do you like DFS-wise today? I like uh, Lopez. Among many other pitchers, though, it's a hot pitching night. You're going to want to make sure you're looking for your sneak hitters because you're going to spend on pitching. Uh, The cheap end for me is still pretty expensive with Bassett at 8,800 against Arizona, Lopez at 8,700 against those Rockies. 
But then you can go for any of the big dogs, Bieber, Glassnow, Rodon, Bueller. I think they all make sense. Bueller at 9,800 against Pittsburgh is probably a lock for one of my pitchers on DK. Then as far as hitters, I'm looking at Oakland hitters up and down the lineup against Duplantier and the Arizona bullpen. And I think San Diego stacking against their uh, against their old teammate there, Zach Davies, who's definitely come back to earth this year. I think a, a mix of Oakland and San Diego hitters as my foundation for my lineup is what I'm going with with some big pitching, Gil. All right. Uh, we, we said this earlier on the show. Again, you, you dropped off there for a second, but we had two – we referenced two futures. Mark Borcher was on. He said, the Astros at minus 120 to win the AL West – still remains the single best futures play on the board. We have another uh, JVT who you talked to uh, the last couple weeks, Jonathan Von Tobel. He has a plus 275 on the Rays, which is obviously a sexier price. But as I mentioned, they got to deal with the Red Sox, the Jays, and the Yankees are still lurking, and we're only 60 games into the season, for goodness sakes. So Rays are going to be there, but they've got more competition. Which do you like the best? The, which do you like better of those two? Those are really good. Um, yeah, I do like the Oakland better because I do. Well, man, I'm an Oakland guy though too, and I, I so I don't think it's a lock that they would. No, I'm going to shift to the Rays because yes, they do have more competition. I totally agree, but I, I'm still not believing fully in the Red Sox team. Go look at their home run continue at a double, and their guys have. All right, Paulie, we got it. We got to let you go, Paul. I'm sorry. The connection dropped out. Paul taking his mom to his birthday, to her birthday. So we forgive Paul for this time. Usually he's on Skype with us and we get to see his uh, smiling face and he's got his dogs back there doing God knows what. Uh, but today he's taking his mom for uh, her birthday lunch. So we, we, we apologize. And uh, obviously Paulie didn't mean for that to happen, but he seemed to like the Rays better because he's still an athletics guy. So he be- he believes in the A's. It is a better price, obviously, on the Rays, but he believes in the athletics. So, and he doesn't believe in the Red Sox, and I don't think he necessarily believes in the Blue Jays either. So he actually likes the Rays plus two seventy five JVTs, little better than Borchard's minus one twenty on the Astros in the AL West. Both very very good plays, though, for both of our guys on that one. Uh, we got a whole bunch of baseball picks, a whole bunch of basketball thoughts. Um, I don't have as juicy of a tennis dog tomorrow, at least not yet anyway. We'll see if we can uh, continue the upsurge after a terrible first uh, couple days of the first round of the French Open. Iga got it done yesterday. Hopefully she continues to get it done as well. Good luck with all the plays from all of us at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. 
Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You may know Jackson Pollock, the painter famous for his iconic drip paintings. But what do you know about his wife, artist Lee Krasner? On Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock, the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting, just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts.